Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. What is up, all of my beautiful freaking people? Welcome back to another episode of FML Talk. Y'all, it is a fun girl talk episode today with so much goodness about relationships and unfucking yourself from relationships and really having some compassion and getting the fuck through it. So sit back, grab a cocktail, and welcome to FML Talk. Oh my god. Wait, how old was the other girl? 19. Can you believe that shit? Hey, this is Gabrielle Stone. Good book. <gasps> he did what? 48 hours? What a dick. Yeah, but have you seen all the photos on her Instagram? And this is FML Talk. Oh no, she didn't. All right, y'all. Michelle Panning from Unfuck Your Relationships podcast is here. This is such a fun episode. Right out of the gate, she hit me with like a bomb that I was like, oh my God, would not have not have expected this from you. And it ended up being such a wildly fun episode. And please, for whatever you do, stay till the very end because the last question I ask her was for just my own humor and was like, just humor me, Michelle, please give me this story. And it did not fucking disappoint. My jaw was on the fucking floor. Um, But before we get to that, we're going to give you a lot of goodness that's actually going to help you fix your life. Um, We really get into having some compassion for the men in the world um, and how we've been able to shift our perspectives from being fucked over in the past, really how you can create a secure attachment uh, in a relationship when you've come from nothing but insecure fucked up attachments, um, and really how you can build strong relationships in your life. This is just, it's it's a golden episode, you guys. Um, so I hope you all enjoy and laugh along with us because Michelle is a fucking doll. Let's get into it. Miss Michelle, welcome to FML Talk. I'm so fucking happy to have you here. How are you? I am fucking amazing. Thank you so much (laughs) for having me here. You're so welcome. I love your vibe. We connect on so many different levels. I'm so excited for this episode. So before we get into like your epic podcast of how to unfuck your relationship, can you tell me a little bit about your come to Jesus moment of like what sent you on the path to wanting to do what you do? Yeah. So for some background and context, I was a stripper for 11 years and Wait, oh, I need to, you didn't even I need, know this. No, and I need so much more info on that. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. So I started stripping when I was 19. Okay. And, oh God, there's, I could go into a whole tangent about that. But I would have sworn up until probably near the end of my stripping career that I only did it for money. And this is part of the come to Jesus moment of, it was way deeper than money. Like, yes, I made great money, but also I got endless amounts of attention and validation. And you're so amazing and you're so beautiful and you're so hot and da 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 da. And like, 
guys are literally paying me to see me naked and to hang out with them and talk to them. And I was like, I'm the greatest thing since sliced bread until (laughs) someone would say no to a lap dance. Mm. And then I'd see them like two seconds later, walk off with someone else. And my entire sense of self-worth would plummet into the ground below me. And that's how I, I mean, I didn't know what that was then, but now I look back, I'm like, oh, I had completely circumstantial confidence. I'm Mm. confident when things are going well. I'm confident when people are paying attention to me, but what happens when people aren't paying attention to me and I'm not getting that steady stream of validation? Oh, I have no fucking self-worth because it's built on a house of cards. Right. So my relationship to men with just so many reasons, but you can imagine working in the sex industry, my relationship to men was not the best. Yes. I didn't see the best of the best of men, which is crazy because I teach about loving men now. That's part of what I teach. And so when people say, oh, but maybe you've always been that way. I'm like, no, 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 no. I walked into a, a workshop about healing our relationship to men. And I just said, men are pieces of shit. And I don't understand why I should want to love them. So I've come a long way, let's just say. So I had been in multiple different relationships. I could never seem to get past like the eight month mark. I had a couple that were like a year, but that eight month mark was really where things would start to go to shit. And I was in this relationship, this is back in 2018. And I went to this festival called the mind body spirit festival and i went with my partner at the time and they have all these tarot readers and psychics there and i was like i'm gonna book a reading and at this time i was kind of uncertain about the relationship like it was rocky there were so many red flags like it was a fucking carnival you would not believe (laughs) how many red flags there were but i was like but the sex is so great we're meant for each other But I went into this psychic tarot reading and I kind of just said, you know, I'm feeling a bit uncertain about my relationship, so I'd love some clarity. And she said, Michelle, he is the one. He sees marriage and children with you and you are the one who is holding back. Hmm. And this is something I had never experienced before because usually I was the one like, love me, love me, love me, and trying to get as much as I could. So I was like, wait, it's me? I come out of this terror reading, a new woman. I'm going to drop all my defenses and give in to <laughs> his undying love for me. And he breaks up with me on the car ride home from that terror reading. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Sorry, that's not funny, but like... It's hilarious. <laughs> like oh even then, God. as devastating as that was, I was crying and also simultaneously laughing because I'm like, is this a fucking joke? Like I literally just had a terror reading of this woman saying that he's, I'm the one for him and there's no other one. And then he's like, I just don't think we're right for each other. And I'm like, this bitch needs whatever psychic license she has revoked. That's like, give me my fucking money back, woman. Are you kidding? <laughs> literally. <laughs> So I was at my apartment begging him to stay, trying to convince him to stay, to be with me. We can work it out. I promise I'll be different. All the things. And he ended up leaving and I was sobbing on the floor and I picked up my phone to try to get away from my feelings as you do, or as I did at the time anyways. And I was scrolling and I came across this travel group and this woman had posted about 
this yoga and meditation healing retreat in Copenhagen, Thailand. And she goes, I was like borderline suicidal before this retreat and it has completely changed my life. I had never traveled by myself before. And I was like, I have to be there. I don't know why I was not very connected to my intuition at the time, but I just felt like I have to be there. Mm. And I was there like four days later and I stayed for five weeks. Wow. And it was the first time I ever learned about inner child work. I did breath work for the first time and I was sobbing during that breath work practice. I felt for the first time in my entire life, love for myself. Mm. I was like, what is this? What is this feeling? I've never felt this before. (laughs) What do you mean? I'm lovable. And it completely changed my entire life. It's why I do the work that I do now. It's like, I have to spread the word to other women. And yeah, that's how I got started in this. Holy shit, dude. I I was like, give me a little tidbit about like what, how this work came to be. We started at stripping for 11 years and ended up in Thailand at a meditation retreat. I love it. Yeah. What was the travel group that you found that post in? Do you remember? It's called Girls Love Travel. Yeah, bitch. That's where I fucking like, <laughs> yeah, that's the travel so group. where you found yours? All part of where I was like, I'm going on a solo trip, guys. Who's here? Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, epic group. Shout out to Haley who runs that group. I, I absolutely love it. Okay, so you go to this amazing retreat. It like changes your life. And now what exactly for the people listening is the work that you do now? So I consider myself a mindset and embodiment mentor because there's just so many things that I do that it's hard to fit in an Instagram bio. (laughs) And whenever (laughs) someone asks me my title, I'm like, I do not have one. (laughs) But essentially, I am helping you connect to yourself first and foremost, so -hmm. that you can have, and it started as like, experiencing intimacy with men. And I mean, intimacy, like emotional intimacy, allowing yourself to be close to someone without freaking the fuck out. It started off as that, but it's morphed into like, even your relationships with your friends, with your children, with money, like just having intimacy in relationships in general, Mm -hmm. because you can't have intimacy in your family relationships or your friendships or whatever. What makes you think you're just going to like magically be so fine and secure in a romantic relationship? So essentially, that's what I do. And I combine the mind and the body so that we have a really holistic approach. Because I find a lot of people like either do one or the other. And I believe that we need both. Summer is here and life is not slowing down for us anytime soon. One of the things we have continuously relied on making our lives so much easier is factor meals. No prep, no mess, no cleanup meals. I have really been off the wagon with my eating since having my son. And for my health, my wellness, and my mental sanity, I have been switching my dinners to more healthy options from factor. They have 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, so I never get bored. And Tay is continuously shocked every time he sits down to eat one because they are so freaking tasty. They have breakfast, lunches, dinners, 
and desserts, it's a treat to have restaurant-quality food that is so easy to prepare and doesn't come with the insane Postmates bill. Head to factormeals.com slash FMLtalk50 and use code FMLtalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code FMLtalk50 at factormeals.com slash FMLtalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Enjoy, FMLers. I think that's really brilliant because so many people associate intimacy with sex and it's so much deeper and so much more. And it's so spot on that we need it in all different dynamics of our life. I'm really interested for you to explain a little bit if you could. You said, you know, coming from the industry that you were in, you, the sex work industry that you hated men and had a very specific like visual of them an opinion of them. And you now teach like how great and like loving they can be. So where was the shift for you? Because I know so many people listening to this show are like, yeah, fuck yeah, girl, men are fucking assholes. So where was the turn that you saw that you can like kind of like explain to people that are listening who might still be on the other end? Yeah. So if you had told me just see the beauty in men and see their sensitivity. I'd be like, do you know the kind of fucking losers who come into the strip club that I'm dealing with (laughs) on a daily fucking basis? Like I was coming from a space of having my boundaries, my physical boundaries crossed consistently, like multiple times a night for over a decade. So I did not have a lot of faith in the male species, to be completely honest. But... I started doing this healing work with myself. I started connecting to myself first. If I didn't have that foundation, there's no way I would have been able to work on my relationship with men because my relationship with my own inner man, like my own masculine was Mm -hmm. a reflection of my relationship to the external man. So I did not believe because I would have my boundaries crossed. I wouldn't speak up for myself. I wouldn't set the boundary. Like there was no protection of myself. I wasn't protecting myself. That's not like blaming myself. I just literally was not saying, don't do that. So then I had no faith in men that they were going to uphold my boundaries or respect me or whatever it was. So I started to do this work on myself, cultivate my relationship with my own inner inner man, my own inner masculine. And then this workshop popped up. I had been doing a lot of feminine embodiment and this workshop popped up called Awakening Men. And again, it's one of those, I don't know why I'm doing this, but I just feel like I need to be there. And I went Mm -hmm. in and that was the workshop that I was like, what the fuck could you possibly teach me? Right, right. (laughs) And we had this exercise where we had to write all of our negative beliefs about men and people had like four or five and I had over 50. (laughs) 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 And I was like, am I too fucked up to do this? (laughs) But I really, I started to see the sensitivity Mm. to men. And the conditioning, I had been so focused on my own conditioning of, you know, women are supposed to be nice and polite and sweet and, you know, good girl, all the things. I had no idea that men were also conditioned that like, don't cry, don't be vulnerable, be a fucking man, don't be a pussy, all of those things. So when I started to see that, it started to make sense of why these men were acting the way that they were. And I started to learn about polarity. And so 
just a little story, I would go into, cause I started doing private jobs. So I would go to um, like bachelor parties and I would do campsites and houseboats and like really in the middle of nowhere. So I was feeling really unsafe and I would go in and I would say, if I see a fucking phone, I'm going to chuck it in the river. Okay. And if anyone touches me, I'm going to get in my car and fucking leave and not give you a refund. Like quite aggressive and right. abrasive. You're like, and now so let's then, party. <laughs> literally. And now let's have the best time ever. And they're like, fuck <laughs> you. So I would get challenged all the time because I was literally coming in there with my big energetic dick being like, this is a dick swing contest and I win. <laughs> and I win with my imaginary dick that's here. <laughs> Literally. So I started learning about men and the masculine and feminine. And I was like, I'm just going to try something different. So I started going in and I would say, hey, I want us to have the best time tonight. And what would help me to do that is if there's no phones, because that makes me feel really uncomfortable and uneasy. And then I'm like, I don't want to get naked and I, I just don't have a good time. And also, please don't touch me without my consent, because it just makes me feel really unsafe. I would never have any issues. Right. Never. And there would right. be at least one guy who would come up to me and say, hey, if anyone fucks with you, you come see me and I'll take yeah. care of it. And I was like, wait, this is totally different because mm. I was then appealing to the masculine's ability and desire to protect. Right. Interesting. To take care of me. And I was mm -hmm. like, oh, I see where I've been doing it wrong in relationships as well. <laughs> Right. Okay. So then how did that mirror in the relationships, like what you felt you needed to then that lesson? How did you take that into your relationships to start doing things differently there? Well, for the longest time, and I think a lot of women would resonate with this, I was leading with criticism. Mm. I'm going to tell you in order to get my needs met, I'm going to tell you all the spaces where you're not meeting my needs. Mm. You're not doing this right. You're not doing this right. Da -da -da -da. I would threaten to leave. I would manipulate. I would use sex as a weapon. I would withhold my love, withhold my appreciation, which is all forms of emasculating, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, I feel unsafe. So I'm going to try to take you down a couple notches right. so that we're on the same playing field, right? And so I started to, rather than lead with criticism, I started to lead with desire of like, hey, this is what I would really love. It would make me feel really loved or safe or appreciated or insert X, Y, Z. Right. If this were to happen and that would shift so much, you know, even in mm. the dating realm as well, like, oh, it would feel really good for me if you just planned the date. Oh, yeah. okay, cool. Mm -hmm. You know, they're just like, usually like, I'm afraid to fuck it up. I'm afraid right. to get it wrong. So I don't want, because when I get it wrong, you criticize me. So yeah. what do you want me to do? Right. <laughs> so it was like, drop the criticism. And I can't say I'm perfect at it. Like it still slips out from time to time. And then I take accountability. I take responsibility and I'm like, cool. What I was actually trying to say was, this is what I would love, <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 I think that first of all, so much of what you're saying, I think people are going to resonate with. I know I do. When I had my son, it totally reshifted my perspective on men that I've dated in the past. Like I remember this one distinct moment where I was in my rocking chair with him, breastfeeding him. And he was like, I mean, he still is so little, but he was so little, so, so little. And I was looking down at like his, this like cute little vulnerable human that was completely dependent on me for food, for safety, for security. And like my heart just like burst open. 
And I was like, oh my God, every asshole ex, every asshole dude, every fucking guy that like all of my FMLers have ever complained about that have ever like fucked me over, broken my heart. They were all this little and this vulnerable once. And like who didn't take care of them or teach them the right ways to where they ended up feeling like they had to protect themselves with toxic masculinity. And it was this huge like fucking wave that hit me. And I was like, oh my God, I feel so bad for all men of all kind. Yeah. And it like opened up a compassion in me that like was not there before. And so it's really interesting to hear from just like a walking into a workshop and like having that perspective shift of like, how have I been, you know, showing up in a way that like makes them pull back? And how can like, we reshape that to allow everybody to coexist in a more harmonious ways? Does that mean there's not still fucking horrible asshole men out there? Of course not. There's horrible asshole women out there too. Like there's just bad people on the planet. But for the majority, I think what you're saying is really accurate. Like it comes from like a trauma or protective place where they're like feeling challenged and needing to like protect themselves. I remember sitting in my therapist's chair years ago. This is either right. I I think it was right before the guy broke up with me. I was trying to go to therapy to like figure out what was happening. And maybe after, I'm not sure. But she, I was complaining about him and all the things that he does that are so annoying to me and so inconvenient. And she was like, I want you to picture him as like a three-year-old boy. Mm. And of course, my first response was like, yeah, well, he fucking acts like one, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And she was like, no, 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 Michelle, calm down. That's not what we mean. But like, actually picture him as this sensitive, vulnerable, innocent child. And I just started sobbing. And even hearing you speak about the moment that you had with your son, like I could feel myself getting emotional around that because this is why we all act the way that we do. We don't hurt people or criticize or run away or whatever because we're awful people and we hate people. It's because we're scared. Yeah. We're afraid. It's vulnerable. And if you have been told your entire life that basically you're not going to get love, safety, or belonging, which are core needs for a human, Mm -hmm. if you're vulnerable, what makes you think, if he's been told that since the time he's two years old, he's now 38, what makes you think that now suddenly at the age of 38, he's like, oh yeah, totally fine with being vulnerable. Yeah. Emotional intimacy, no problem. Like unless he's done work on that, that's probably not the case. Yeah. And it's the same for ourselves, you know, like we don't act the way, you know, like I'm sure we've all acted some sort of unhealthy way at some point in our life. Maybe it was when you were 15, who knows, but it's like, it's not because you're a bad person. It's because there's trauma there. Yeah. And the, the thing that you said about compassion too, is really important because so I have an entire module on this in my course, The Connected Woman. It's a module on understanding men. And I speak about this and women have this, either this huge wave of responsibility where it's like, oh my God, I need to go apologize. And like, we don't need to go out and like find the ex and apologize and all the right. things. Like we can just write a note and then burn it maybe. Yeah. 
But the flip side of that is, so you're asking me to be compassionate. What about all the times that he cheated on me or spoke down to me or whatever? I'm like, it doesn't, the two don't cancel each other out. Mm. You can have compassion for someone's upbringing and why they do the things that they do and also not want that in your life at all. I think that duality is so important because I've done episodes on forgiveness and people are like, well, why the fuck should I forgive that person? And it's like, well, first of all, you're not forgiving that person for them. You're forgiving them for yourself. Yeah. And the compassion that you can have for anyone does not negate, but this isn't okay and I don't stand for it. And now I have a boundary in place to protect myself. Those two can coexist at the same time. And the forgiveness comes from the compassion piece, which I feel like is so important. Mm. Yeah, that ability to see the human, the little boy in someone Mm -hmm. or the little girl, you know? I mean, I even had this with my parents. I was talking to a client about this yesterday that I had this moment years ago where I realized my parents were evil outside of being my parents, which I know sounds like the craziest thing ever, but I was like, oh, wow. Like they had lives before having me. Right, (laughs) right. They have trauma and they dated people and they had a first kiss. And that's mind blowing to me. You know, it's like, I have no idea who you are because I was just focused on all the ways that they had hurt me and didn't parent me correctly and how things could have been different and like all the things, you know, just staying in that victim mindset. And then I was like, oh, you truly were doing the best that you could with the resources that you had at the time. Right. Yeah. Compassion is a wild thing that can do crazy, crazy things to people in very, very deep, good ways. So I, I love that you said that. You talk a lot about different attachments and how you can find and feel safe in a secure attachment when you've been used to fucked up. I'm I'm sure there's a more analytical way of saying this, but fucked up shitty attachments in the past, (laughs) insecure attachments. Can you speak a little bit on that? Because I know so many of my listeners come from bad past relationships. And I get so many DMs about like, how did you ever feel like safe enough to get into a new relationship? And like, I'm always wanting to check their phone or like, I feel insecure. So like, how do you find your footing into a secure attachment after you've had a history of bad ones? I mean, this is a question that I get all the time as well. And for me, it looked like, you know, very similar to you, spending time by myself. Mm. Like there were two big breakups that I spent some time in intentional celibacy. So I took six months and two different times, no sex, no dating. It was just all about me. Like who, who the fuck is this person that I am lugging around a meat suit all day? (laughs) You know, (laughs) who is this person who is just operating? And I took time to actually get to know me and my emotions and my emotional response. Because the thing is a lot of people, myself included in the past, I did not have the capacity to be with difficult sensations in my body. So Mm. anytime that I would feel fear, so let's say you're, you're having an anxious moment, you've been 
cheated on in the past, let's say, and now you're in a relationship where there's no indication that that's going to happen, but those fears are creeping back in and you feel an impulse to check his phone. Well, Mm -hmm. the checking of the phone is just so you can release tension within yourself. Mm -hmm. So what I did during that time was build my capacity to be with myself, to be with tension, to be Mm -hmm. with anger, grief, sadness, fear, anxiety, all of the things. So then if that were to come up, I then didn't have to act on that, you know? So even with my current partner in the beginning, there was some jealousy stuff that came up for me. And I was like, oh, this is really interesting. Okay, cool. Whereas in the past, I would have blown off the fucking handle over it, I was able to just have conversations with him about it, right? And so I think when you're trying to, and I'm going to contradict myself here, because when you're trying to develop a secure attachment style, one, you need to learn how to be by yourself. I'm talking to my anxious girlies. If you're avoidant, you're like, okay, no problem. Yeah, I will do that. (laughs) I will spend more time. I know it's been eight years, but nine won't hurt, you know? (laughs) So I think learning to spend time by yourself and the flip side of that is these wounds were created in relationship. They are healed in relationship. Does that mean you have to go be in a romantic relationship tomorrow to go heal yourself? No, this could look like working with a therapist, a coach, a mentor, someone who can actually model secure attachment for you so that when you go into freakout mode, they don't do it with you. When Mm -hmm. you're becoming anxious, they don't turn avoidant. When you're being avoidant, they don't turn anxious. They can hold the secure attachment. And so then part of it, when I was getting back into the dating, which I'm sure, I mean, you've talked about the checklist and all of the things, right? I got super clear on my non-negotiables. And it wasn't how tall he is and how much money he's making. And like, it wasn't that. It was, is he honest? Does he have integrity? Is he curious about life? Is he curious about me? Like these were things that I was really looking for. Is he emotionally available? Is he literally available? Is he single? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Big factor, big factor. (laughs) It's crazy to me. The universe is like, no, you need to be specific, girl. Right, right. So these are all the things that started to help me attract someone who was secure. And then, you know, that helped me to come into secure attachment of if I were to be anxious, he wouldn't go avoid it. And we could just right. navigate that together. Yeah. Oh, I love that. There's so much goodness in what you just said. And I think that oftentimes people think it's one or the other, like, do I have to be single to heal or do I, can I be in a relationship to heal? And what you said is so great that like, it doesn't have to be a significant other. It can be a family member, a friend, a therapist, a coach, like anyone that's on the other end that's going to establish that secure attachment for you to experience can help you heal. And I think all of the above are true. You can heal being single. You can heal in a relationship as long as you are doing the work and whoever is on the other side, if there is someone on the other side, is going to meet you there and want to do it with you, then fucking heal in a relationship. Just don't be toxic about it. You know, like, I think that's totally possible. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, you know, when we talk about doing the work, we think, okay, I'm going to do inner child work and I'm going to do this type of healing and hypnosis and breath work and embodiment and all the things. Those are all wonderful tools, amazing, amazing tools. And what was most supportive for me was someone just holding space where I could just be. Yeah. 
I didn't have to do anything. I didn't have to please anyone. If I was angry, I could just be angry. If I was sad, I could just be sad. There was no, okay, can you like hurry it up now? Because we've got things to do, which is how I always felt in relationships, which is why like I wouldn't allow myself to be angry or sad or whatever I was feeling. And I would push it down, push it down, push it down, push it down until it would eventually explode. And then I go, see, this is why I can't trust myself. This is why I can't trust my emotions. Do you see how destructive they are? That's awful. They're ruining relationships. But if I had actually given voice to them in the first place, when it was just a little, "Mm, I'm feeling a bit of something, Mm -hmm. even if it's just within myself of like, oh yeah, I'm noticing that I'm feeling really irritated right now. Okay, cool. Great. I'm going to move that. Then it wouldn't get to the explosion part. So I think that's really crucial for people of it doesn't have to be this huge, like, you know, cathartic, oorah type of thing. It's like, just allow yourself to fucking feel what you're feeling and not make yourself wrong for it. Oh my God, girl, preach. Yes. I think there's so much shame we get growing up and like throughout our life about like not being able to sit with those emotions and not being able to acknowledge and name that emotion. And the more that we can do that, and communicate it to the people that are like trying to help us through it, like the better off we will be. So I'm so glad you said that. Okay. I want you to tell everybody about the podcast, about where they can find all the courses. And then I'm going to ask you one final question just to fucking humor me. So please drop us with all the, uh, all the info. (laughs) I'm so curious as to what this question is going to be. (laughs) It could be anything. Yeah, cool. So I have a podcast called Unfuck Your Relationships. So you can check that out on all streaming platforms. You can follow me on Instagram at Michelle Panning. Website, same thing, michellepanning.com. And my signature course is The Connected Woman. I have a million different courses about all the things, confidence, feminine, masculine, embodiment, all of these things. But Connected Woman is really the signature course that is helping you go from this anxious, avoidant, insecure attachment style to coming into feeling worthy and confident and secure within yourself so that you can experience healthy relationships with men, but first and foremost, with yourself. So that's going to be kicking off in January, um, but you can also join now. And there's also the Connected Woman Experience, which is my year-long group mentoring program. And that includes every single program and masterclass that I offer within a year. So if you're like, I want to go fucking deep, 2024 is the year, then you can check that out as well. Oh my God, I love it. There's so many people listening to that that need to fucking go get on that. I can tell from the DMs that I get like, (laughs) that's the course, everyone. That's the course. Okay, thank you for dropping all of that info now. Please humor me because I love the polarity in this entire conversation and situation. Can you please give me one of your most outrageous stripper stories? Oh my God. You're like, now that we've covered what an incredible life coach I am, can you please tell me one of your crazy experiences that come to mind that you had? It can either, it can be dramatic. It can be funny. It can be ridiculous. Just one that's just like, uh, okay. I think this was very early on in my stripping career. I think I had maybe been dancing for six months. So I was very green, very new, had no idea about anything. I didn't know about kinks or (laughs) Nothing. And this is, I just want to clarify, like, this is just stripping. This was not like a brothel. This wasn't escorting, anything like that. Nothing wrong with that, but that's not what this was. Anyway, so this guy comes into the strip club and he asks me for a lap dance. I'm like, yeah, amazing. Let's go. And 
I'm dancing. (laughs) Oh my God. This is like so fucking funny. I'm like, I pray this man is not listening. So I'm dancing. And then he's like, do you like, what did you, what did you wear here to the club? I was like, oh, just like jeans and a t-shirt. He's like, can you go get them? Can you wear that? I was like, this isn't usually how it goes at the strip club. I usually take my clothes off. Right. Not put them (laughs) more on. Not put clothes on. Um, and he was like, and can you tie your hair back, like in a, in a bun? I'm like, okay, whatever. This man, like, he's just paying me by the song, you know? So I'm like, fuck it, whatever, more money for me. So I'm doing this. And he's like, can you pretend you're a dude? And that Shut you're- Shut the fuck up. What? <laughs> and that you're jacking off on me? I'm like, how much can I say on this podcast? Oh, as much as you want. This is FML Talk Girl. You can go fully there. (laughs) I'm literally like pretending I have like an air cock and I'm like jacking off. And he's calling me like fucking Matthew or something. Like he's like, oh, Matthew, like I love your cock and whatever. And I was like, oh my God. He then asks me to get a Red Bull like closed Red Bull and stick it down my pants. So it looks like I have a dick. Stop it. (laughs) He's calling me a man's name. Mind you, this whole time. So like in the club, that club that I worked at, there were black lights. And so you know how like white glows under a black light? So he keeps going to the bathroom like every like 10, 15 minutes or so. And coming back, and he's got like white powder all underneath his nose. I'm oh, like, this man my is coked God. out of his mind right now. And I'd have to be like, bro, you have like cocaine all under your nose. <laughs> like, you need to it's, wipe it's that off. It's showing in the black light. <laughs> your coke is showing. <laughs> oh my God. And and yeah, he ended up paying me for the entire night. So I was there for like five hours. He was showing me pictures of his male friends being like, oh, what I wouldn't do to like fuck Jerry. And I was like, oh God, okay. And not to yuck anyone's yum, but I was like, so like, are you bi? And he's like, I'm not fucking bi. Why would you say that? I'm like, I'm so sorry for assuming. What? (laughs) Yeah. And that was like, I made a couple of grand that night and that was the entire experience. And I never saw him again. I got to say, I'm so fucking glad I asked you this question. <laughs> wow, dude. Like, at the, at what point do you not go to a male strip club for This is that? the thing, though. Like, if, you, if that's a part of you, like, whether you're gay or bisexual or whatever, and you haven't reconciled that within yourself... Right. There'd be a lot of shame around that. Hence his his right. reaction to when I was like, so are you bi? Right. And, you know, I don't know if he had a wife or a partner, but there would be, you know, I, it really felt like he was doing this very much in secret. And this was his like, yeah. oh my God, this is how I'm getting my kink met. Right. But yeah, I've had so many like guys asking me to like financially dom them. That was my favorite where you dominate them and just take their money. That was, that was good like, fun. Absolutely. I can do that. <laughs> I love this kink. Um, small dick humiliation, ball stomping. Oh yeah. my God. You should Some write crazy a Crazy shit goes down. I, do you know what? It's so funny because as you were talking about your book, when you were on my podcast, I was like, I have some good fucking stories. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> I would read that book. You're like, you go to Michelle's website and it's like, here's all the courses of how to be a secure, amazing person and get on top of your life and your shit and your relationships. And here's ball stomping at the strip club. Yeah. 
<laughs> the duality. I love it. I love it, Michelle. This has been so wonderful. Thank you for being here. Um, I hope everybody goes and checks out your incredible courses and your podcast, which I had such a blast being on and is so, so great. Thank you for for all of your wonderful dualities of your life that you brought to this show, girl. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. This is so fun. I told you that last story would not fucking disappoint. I want to thank Michelle for coming on and really bringing so much love and life to today's episode. Seriously, you guys should go check out her podcast, Unfuck Your Relationships, and go look at some of those guides because they're gold. Um, If you guys are really ready to show up and do the work, that is a good fucking place to start. I love you all. I will see you guys next week. Cheers. All right, FMLers, if you don't want to miss an episode, make sure to follow on your favorite podcast app. And if you're loving the show, drop us a five-star rating and leave a review. You can keep up with me on Instagram at Gabrielle Stone or the podcast page at FML Talk Podcast. For all the merch and books signed personally by me, you can shop the FML line on eatpreyfml.com. And as always, have a fucking self-love cocktail on me. Cheers. Welcome to As a Woman, Fertility Hormones and Beyond. I'm your host, Dr. Natalie Crawford, and I am a fertility physician and co-founder of Fora Fertility in Austin, Texas. We will talk about a wide range of topics, including the menstrual cycle, your hormones, infertility, IVF, mental health, and well, beyond. So join us and become part of the community of collaboration that amplifies others as a woman. This podcast has been brought to you by Podcast Nation.